Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, October, August 24th. In this episode, Arsenal thonked by Chelsea. United and Liverpool complain about getting bullied. And West Ham are top of the league. But can they stay there? Is Moyes the greatest manager never to win a trophy, Pochettino? But first, Mike, drama in Syria. Ah, tell us what's happening with your namesake team. Oh my goodness, crazy scenes in Salerno, Italy. Uh, U.S. Salernitana, 1919's first game in Serie A ever, I'm pretty sure. Um, they played Bologna, they traveled. Uh, now, I, I was at a, a hotel, I couldn't watch the game, I was tracking it nervously on my phone. Uh, they go down a man. Uh, wait, right wait, 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 like one yeah. second though. Yeah. Who is this team and why is it important to you? That's we a good talk question. about Let's the Premier League out. most of the time. Let's start but what is going on with Salernitana? So Salernitana 1919 is literally a team from Salerno, Italy, um, who went from the fourth That's division. That's your name. That's my name. <laughs> uh, the fourth division in Italy, Serie D or Da, De, Do, um, to, to Serie A, the top division. Uh-huh. Uh, they were promoted last year. They went up four divisions in roughly a decade, which is Ooh. unheard of. Uh, crazy. And is like it, I said, they're, mob they're money. My, what's that? Is it mob money? No, and I'll tell you how I know that they're so poor. They they're they're so poorly run that they don't even have an online store. So if <laughs> it's it's shocking to me that they've gotten this far. It it actually isn't really. If I take a step back and go, if I'm related to any of these people, that makes a ton of sense that mm. they don't even know how to monetize this shit. Yeah, because um, we're growing this podcast really fast. We're killing it. Uh, <laughs> so. This is this is my second team that I've adopted. Uh, I follow them religiously, uh, and this is the second game since, I got to watch them. since June. Since June, yeah, since they yeah, got promoted, yeah. yeah, I was super excited. I'm in. I'm all the way in. Um, That's great. They won their first Coppa Italia game two nil, uh, but they they started their Serie A campaign over the weekend, and they were going to Bologna as I mentioned. Now I'll I'll spoil it right off the jump. This game had three red cards and five goals. It was <laughs> fucking crazy, right? Uh, so uh, the Garnets, as they're known, uh, went down a man right before halftime. Uh, they score, and then the other team, Bologna, goes down a man. So they're up 1-0, and they're even 10 men apiece. They give up a goal. They score again. They they give up an equalizer to our friend, Marko Arnautovic. Uh, I saw that he was playing for Bologna, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is bad. He was the only player on either team that I recognized, by the way. Um, Fucking legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. So when I, I saw that, that he was on for Bologna and that Salernitana was down a man, I was like, I would race to try and put a bet in uh, yeah. on him to score, but I couldn't. Um, Marco Onartovic, Marco of course, uh, legendarily, because he's the uh, reincarnation of, of uh, Primo Princip, who shot Archduke Ferdinand. There you he's go. <laughs> We'll get one. We'll get the, it's like a we'll Serbian nationalist yeah. who who kill uh, to start World War One. That's right. We'll get the the war reference out of the week early this week. I like it. Um, yeah. So they go down three uh, two late in the game. Bologna takes another red card. Now, shockingly, neither of these were Marko Anatovic. Uh, and what was they, he doing? He's I'm he, disappointed. I know. I know. <laughs> he didn't even get. I don't think he got booked at all uh, mm-hmm. in a game that was pretty chippy. Uh, they changed. had a couple of opportunities. They couldn't make anything of it. So they lost to a nine man Bologna team three to two. And that's no baloney. Hey, um, 
so that's how they started their Serie A okay. campaign. Uh, I am, uh, I'm sad, but I have been training for this for years, yeah, almost yeah. a decade a, a as a, as a Tottenham supporter, right? I yeah. am prepared to get hurt again. Uh, and I'm going to, it sounds like sure. they, they are their first home game this coming weekend against Roma, who is managed by none other than Jose Mourinho. So Should, no matter who you are, you are rooting for Salernitana next weekend because yeah, Mourinho is go, a go, go, What snake. did you say? You said go on you Salernos? Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on you Salernos. Uh, Garnets is their nickname. Yeah, so come yeah. on you Garnets. But they do. I showed my wife the logo. It has a fucking go faster goddamn seahorse on it. It horse. looks incredible. Yeah. The fact that I don't have it up makes me sad. Um, speaking of uh, things that are merch, go buy the Nuno Nose shirt. He still knows. Uh, That's right. It's on, it's right. on chopsports.com. Uh, where you can find our our okay. one piece of merch and our logo. We've got three. We've got the logo on a couple of other shirts too. Okay. So there's, okay. A, there's so, a couple so of things. Nose is living. Um, Nose is, is the is the main main piece of merch that we've got so far. So, so go check it out. But, the, but narrative, narrative, narrative. This week we've got to sort of set the stage. We have Arsenal playing Chelsea. We have Lukaku and we have narrative. <laughs> and what we saw from Arsenal was poor i had a vested interest in this game as i had arsenal plus 350 to win at home based <laughs> on a working functional arsenal that has Aubameyang and has lacazette and has players that aren't 20 years old and wet well, behind the ears and what we <laughs> talked about on thursday we thought yeah. that martin odegaard would be in that lineup it turns out that he had visa issues he was not able to get into the country much less oh, the, be, the oh because of brexit so arsenal lost because yeah. of brexit basically. yep exactly that's what that's our narrative Arsenal yes. lose because of Brexit. That actually would have been a much better narrative. Now, Arsenal came out strong <laughs> the first 15 minutes. They looked like they were there to play-ish. Uh, they had a good, strong pressing. It went decently. But then it just really collapsed once uh, the goal went in. Uh, Reese James, and you'll hear about Reese James coming down great. the wing over and over and over again because that happened the whole game. Yep. And um, it was a give-and-go. Sorry, giving not a give-and-go, but... Uh, ball into Lukaku. He knocks over Mari, takes off on him, not rushes him off, and gets in front of the goal. Scores his first goal, and essentially Arsenal die. Uh, they lose a goal, and they continue to leave Reese James open on the wing. It felt like as you were watching the game that Chelsea had twelve guys, and it seemed that Arsenal could not figure out how to shift across the field to handle the wide. Uh, wingback play of Reese James. It was laughable. Uh, Arsenal were the same again, not really creating anything. And the good things that did happen, happened from Smith Rowe, happened from mm -hmm. Tierney, happened from the same places. And the same problems were evident again. Uh, Mari and, and Rob Holding just abused by Lukaku. I mean, I'm not going to make it out like it was really bad, but basically Chelsea were never in trouble. They scored another goal early in the second half. And it really was men against was, boys. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, was just e it was easy and really sort of it's getting in this weird. I mean, you won't feel this way, but I've been feeling it's kind of sad. Like Arsenal is really. I won't feel that. I won't yeah, but I was that. thinking about it. They're kind of getting into like the they're getting into the inter into the Milan area where it's just like, what is going on? This is like sure. they're just gone. They're in the wilderness now where they set the record for this season on transfers and they really didn't bring in a crack, a game changer. They did the, we'll spend 25 cents 
on on these players rather than buying a one dollar player. Like so, they spent 125 million pounds on transfers and got five guys, whereas Chelsea spent 100 million dollars and got Lukaku. Like, and their net oh. spend was roughly even, by the way, from their loan army and all that. Right, but- right. They have. I mean, listen. In terms of how the clubs are run, Chelsea mm-hmm. is laps and bounds and miles ahead of where Arsenal is. Arsenal, you know, we were talking about it earlier, you know, at least in terms of Spurs, Spurs has Levy. He's the consistency. We may not like everything he's doing, but he is the, he is the buck stops with me. I've been at this team for 20 years. Yes, there might be disorder now and again, but I'm running this team. I have a plan. There's no plan at Arsenal. I don't know who runs the team. They've had front office changing. Arteta seemed like a beacon of hope. 12 months ago at Christmas time when he sort of righted the ship and now it's already back. They've already got, they, they're looking at another loss probably to city. I mean, if they, if, if Chelsea are going to beat them, city are going to beat them. So, um, and so yeah. it's just kind of this sort of sad, what the fuck is going on at Arsenal kind of place right now. I I don't think we should be all that surprised. Right. I mean, we, you and I saw the Brentford loss coming a mile away. It was a bit surprising to the larger group. Um, but you look at the schedule. They had they had City and they had no, Chelsea and then City, right? Nobody was going to be surprised if they had one or three points after three games. The problem is that it's a goose egg right now. Um, now, obviously, the way that the schedule ebbs and flows, they're going to get a soft spot after the City game. They're going to start to pick up some points, and they're going to right the ship a little bit. And then coincidentally – they're going to get healthy. That uh, international break is going to come at the perfect time for them, right? So I'm not overly concerned for Mikel, Ar- Mikel Arteta's job. And the other thing, you're not going to give a man $150 million to spend and you're going to fire him in a month. So no, it's not going anywhere. The nature, we talked a lot about, a lot about it last year uh, around, you know, crazy overreactions. And frankly, we were guilty of it too. We did a whole episode no, but this where is we were what talking we do. about this Southampton. Is, this, is, this is the meal, Jerry. This is... What happens in football? Narratives take over. That's why I said this is the narrative. The narrative for Arsenal is after six games, they're going to be lucky to be two and four. Sure. Basically. No, I, yeah, but where we are now in the narrative, right? Because it's it's all doom and gloom because you got smoked by Chelsea and you're about to probably get absolutely shit kicked by City where everybody's going to be downtrodden and you know worried about Arsenal and starting to talk about Arteta getting sacked and everything. And it's, it's just, it's, it's an overcompensation to a normal reaction to something that was relatively predictable. Right. Um, And so that's kind of where I look at it and I go, there's a lot of pieces here. We talked, we waxed poetically about Odegaard last week. He's not here yet. Um, Mm -hmm. If him and Smith Rowe give city a fight and they lose two to one or one nil or whatever, they're still going to be, but it's the the manner, right? It's the manner. It's like, Sure. The same mistakes, the same defenders getting blown off the ball. Yes, it's yes. that. It's the sameness. It's the where are we going thing. You can lose heroically. It football has that wonderful piece of narrative, right? So Arsenal's next game, but only, City, but only if you are putting some results together around the heroic loss, right? They um, have to beat Norwich and Burnley, and I mean exactly have to, right? Because if they go into that North London derby. On oh, and five on September twenty sixth, oh and five. That's a and they lose. He's gone. And they lose to Spurs at that point. Yes, at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's right. zero and five, they, he may get fired before that game. 
they won't fire him before the Tottenham match. There's no way because that a win at Tottenham can change your season around. Right. And and we know that that game, that Derby can, you had a, a player score of Rabona and get a red card within a half a fucking hour last year. Yeah. Right. That game yeah. could produce literally anything. So I mean, they do. It, it is soft, right? It's Norwich, Burnley, Brighton. They'll lose to Brighton. Sorry. Uh, they're better. Maybe. Brighton are better. Palace, Villa, Leicester. Yeah, it gets soft after Tottenham, and then they have Liverpool. I mean, not that not that Leicester's Leicester's weak, but you know, it's they, but they, it's can, not, they should they should be able to play with Leicester. Yes, absolutely. Right? It's not it's not like a mega force like playing. You know, uh, Chelsea and City are just there. There's levels to this, right? Like it's a Richter mm-hmm. scale, and yeah. and Ars and and City and Chelsea are like sevens on the Richter scale. But you know, Leicester's a three, and you're like, oh, okay, I can handle that. And right now, Leicester are better. Like there's teams that are better that should you should never say Leicester are better. I mean, who would you rather be right now? We were gonna we were gonna talk about West Ham. Would you rather be West Ham than Arsenal right now? Oh, 100%. Yes, percent. Yeah, they got better um, players. So one thing I I was reading an article in the Athletic, and I think it's really interesting. I think it's interesting that teams are starting to nav, uh, you know gravitate towards this but also it's almost more interesting that so many aren't and that's set pieces there's so much more bandwidth and attention being given to set pieces uh planning for them um strategizing around them cheeky cheeky like train every time put it this way every time you see uh a a free kick outside the box and it's played to a player instead of just whipped in for a header what's the term oh training ground uh, you know, like <laughs> they just call up oh, training ground play. Like, yeah, everybody should have four or five of those, right? I, like the annexation I, of Puerto Rico, whatever the fuck yeah. uh, Ted Lasso calls it, right? So, <laughs> but let's um, let's 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 zoom back a little bit. As yeah. Americans, in our sports sports culture, we've been living with the analytics revolution since. I mean, Bill James wrote the abstract in 1987. It was nerdy. It stayed underground. Really started coming up. What, what? When's Rob Nyer at ESPN? 96, 97, yeah. 98. So it's been bubbling up for us in our sports and our and fantasy and all these things. And it's just, I mean, not that it just has been hitting. I mean, Wenger was given credit for like the, the professionalization. The Italians were a long time ago in terms of like fitness. But it's really picking up even more with American owners who own other sports teams that are at gamblers owning teams, guys that are analytically inclined are owning football teams. And it's not that the teams aren't analytic based, but this is like the set pieces is the first place that you can control it, right? You have a stoppage, you have a moment. It's like an at-bat, right? It has a very clear thing where you can go, okay, when we're on the left and we're between 15 and 20 yards, these are the five plays we run, right? Like So, mm-hmm. so it's... It, Football doesn't normally have that rare. It's much more flow. It's much more whatever. But this is a moment where you have like in the NBA out of, out of timeout plays or set plays. It's they're literally called set pieces. And I hate it's, to it's give, situational. It's a right. third down. Give, yeah, it's a third yeah. and eight or a third yeah. and 15, right? Like right. it's the difference, right? And so it's much it, more. It, they have. The, I've listened to these guys, some of these analytics shows. It is much more American sports style focus with a coach goes into the dirt and draws up a play, but right. they've worked on it already. But teams didn't even have coaches that thought of this. That's the thing that, so I, I was reading that article uh, in the athletic. It's really great. And it's, it kind of talks about Tom how teams Warble. are starting to, he's very yeah, good. 
Yes. Uh, how teams are starting to leverage this. Uh, he shouts out uh, United and your beloved Brighton uh, as teams who hired set piece coaches. Tony Bloom uh, as a gambler. He owns right. a chairman at, at Brighton. And so I'm just flabbergasted by, like I, like I mentioned a minute ago, there are two facets of this. These two teams are being applauded for kind of being forward thinking and being one of the ones that on the, on the front foot of this, but the 18th, like there's not a set piece coach. At every club. Well, there I'm is kidding. at Liverpool, we know. There is right. at Brentford, we know, because yep. Michelin was the one who started. Exactly. And yes. the guy from Michelin went to Liverpool. So it's mm. been like a, maybe five it's, years. And, it's, and the, it's not here. And the funny thing is, is and I think there are people that knew that, but it was viewed, set pieces were viewed as, if you are a crap team, this is how you can score. Uh, yes. David Moyes famously, uh, and, and, um, and Rio Ferdinand, murdered him for it he was like we're at we're at united and david moyes is talking about we need to get at least 15 out of bounds 15 corners per game because that's how we're going to score i'm like we're at fucking manchester united and he's talking about corners corners but to moyes being on a budget at everton yes corners (laughs) well and you go rewind it back you put money on arsenal plus 350 they should be a team that goes hey we're not on the level of Chelsea or on City right now. This is how we can bite back, though. Right? How many but, but times do you is, see? But this is where the weird stuff goes on, right? This is where they're where the the light and dark, the Mourinho versus Pep, the play football, play beautiful football versus pragmatism comes in. Where you have, well, that's not our philosophy. That's not what we do. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like Arsenal can't become one nil to the Arsenal anymore. They can't go back to Graham Taylor. They can't go back to. Um, uh, Tony Adams and Lee Dixon talking about Graham Taylor t- uh, tied ropes around us as a four and made us practice that way mm-hmm. to make sure we move together. Yep. Like, but that was the kind, and they would do it again and again and again and again to the point that they all hated Graham Taylor, but <laughs> the heart of that defense became Wenger's defense. And once all those guys left, Tottenham stopped being able to defend. I mean, uh, uh, Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that DNA of one nil to the Arsenal lived in the first half of Wenger. And that's what they've lost. Mm-hmm. And now they don't even have that. Right. So right. And, and they set pieces thing. You it would it would take Arteta to go. I'm not a Barcelona player. I did not coach at Manchester so, City. So then I'm it's going just to do it this way. It's just hubris then. Because yes, you all you've got is effectively saying this is not how we want to win. So we're not going to even try. Yes. And in in. in in spite of that, what you've got is subpar efforts, right? What I'm saying is look at Liverpool from last year is another good example where they've got a completely makeshift back line and injuries left and right. You don't have your identity. You're not who you say you are. So why right. the fuck wouldn't you try and steal a goal off of a set piece with a goalkeeper in the 97th minute or some shit like that, right? Because you're so, thinking like so, an American sports fan where winning is everything and football is not like that. I know, but when you're talking about, <laughs> but the ironic thing about that then is we're sitting here after match week two and people are screaming about Arteta out and all that stuff because of two losses. So at the end of the day, it actually does come back to the results. Yeah. The but, re- and, and, that, and the well, overreaction. That's, but that's right? the weird thing is like they, they want it both ways. At yes, Arsenal, exactly. results matter, but also style matters, right? Yeah. And I think the – it would have been okay to lose these games had you played with force and energy and tactical nous and it a mistake. Someone fell down. 
But in this case, Arteta against Chelsea, he literally did not adjust. Like it was like, uh, you you know, there is a, a lineman on the end, and he's blowing up your fucking tight end tackle, every yeah. single play. Will you bring a fucking fullback in here to block him? Because we're dying. We're right. getting sacked by Lukaku, who right. is the and Reece Reggie James White is in this analogy. Off the end. Yeah, Reece it's James just like just, they're doing yeah. a corner blitz, and you're just not picking him up because you're right. like, well, that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Are you fucking crazy? You're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, right. Quarterbacks. <laughs> good news. Third string quarterback does not have a broken neck. You know, right? Like, exactly. I mean, that's 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 actually the really really good analogy. It's like there was a safety blitz coming on every down, and Arsenal just did not pick it up. They weren't they just, even hiding it. Right, and just just decided, <laughs> no, we're fine. We're going to run that guy in a post pattern every play. Yeah. <laughs> so su- yeah. Sunday was a, a great game, uh, a great few matches. Uh, you know, mm. So we had uh, the matinee, the double showing of Southampton United, which was a lot better than anticipated. Uh, I think I think what, what, what I can guess what you would say about this game, having yeah. come off the big Leeds win, is that these are the games that United – just takes a shit in for no good reason. And they, whether they don't get up for the game or whatever, um, they're just mentally softer than some of the bigger teams around them. And this is why they can't compete with a city or they with a Chelsea this a year. Is that accurate? Coach. I don't know how many times I have to say that Ole's not <laughs> a good coach. He's a fucking clown. They can get up for Leeds, which is a Oh, in Ole's mind, because he played in the 2000s, is a big game for United. Well, oh, but also he, Leeds is going to give you that. The, they're the, going to the give you the energy. Character. But it, they play, they're an emotion team. They play, I don't know what, what a good example of this. They play like the Seahawks in that they play for emotion. You know they're going to get penalties, and you know they're going to be emotional and fuck things up. In a game that doesn't matter to them, oh, we're going to the South Coast and sleepy Southampton. Hassan Hoodle is a good coach. He's mm-hmm. found more players. We were worried about them, but I have two guys to call out. Uh, and they sat in. Now, granted, from an XG perspective, United had one and a half to 0.8. Yeah, United got Southampton got their goal pretty early on a on a deflection from Fred, who was half-hearted in his. That was his a horrible. Deflection. I mean, there Jay was Adams tried to miss right because yeah, this and is there was a does. little bit. And you wanted to touch on this this sort of new refereeing where they let you. Little give you a little shove and a steal, right? Absolutely. And for someone like Bruno Fernandez, who comes from the Iberian Peninsula, where they don't do that, right? In Spain, if you hit somebody, they go down. Yep. Uh, and he's played in Portugal, and he was no—I mean, he's great at drawing penalties. He gets the leg, a leg put around him, and but gets the ball. Yep. He throw, he falls on the ground, throws his hands up, boom, into Adams. One, two, three, goal, and uh, Southampton have the early lead. But Southampton so wait, were really, that? really good. Can we explore that a little bit more? Because yeah, for sure. uh, we talked about it, you know, in the first week of the season with the Spurs yeah. City game being front and center, Tanganga beating the shit out of Grealish and Sterling. Um, together at the same time. At the same amazing. time, like <laughs> knocking their heads together. It was fantastic. You had Hoybeer really you know, taking pushing Mari down. Lukaku earlier. We talked about that earlier Brentford in the show. Kicking the shit out of Arsenal, yeah. really. And 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 this week you had two examples of it. Burnley, hello, of course kicking and sh- you know smacking around Liverpool and trying to they got beat no, badly on the on the field they did but that's they're going to be that's the Burnley that's the Sean Dyche identity right that's always been right. there and uh and you've got this guy. play which is far more prescient because it, it three touches later as you mentioned it was in the back of United's net um 
And so Ole went off about this, and I know Klopp was whining about it as well. I do not sympathize with you at all. Okay, we no, talk me about neither. how the Premier League is, um, and and it's, it's true for City it's supposed to be too. Rough. It's it's a it's the toughest league in the world because not just you know the quality one through twenty, but it's it's these games. You go to Southampton and you're in for a dogfight, right? So um, I am really really in favor of two referee changes. A the stylistic way that um, you know things are starting to kind of let the boys play a little bit is how I would I like characterize it. it. I like but it. But also, and we saw it on Lukaku's goal. Uh, the offside rule has changed, and this is a goal that was going would have been chalked off last year. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's effectively like the blue line in hockey, where if you drag your 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 back foot, you're onside, right? Yeah, so, they they increased it to, to to so that they don't get the armpit. It's basically there's a well, yeah, there's a grace I, there's a grace space. Well, the grace space, sort. from what I understand, is if some of your body is onside, you're onside, right? Uh, Some, and so, I, I don't think it's exactly that they, they still okay. draw the line, but it's, it's simply a wider line. And it, right. It, okay. It, 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 and you know what? Yeah. Right. And so it, it, it's similar to like the college football playoff argument where it's like, there's always going to be an argument somewhere, but if you're not talking about who's number two, who's number five, who's number eight, who's number 12, whatever it is, then like you have less of a gripe with it. Right. Like if he's mm-hmm. offside and it, it comes down to the, 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 the red line, the dotted line and all that stuff. And he's his whole body's offside, and you're like, yeah, but you can't really tell either way. He was offside, and we're just de- determining how yeah. much offside he was. So yeah. at the end of that, you can't really complain about it. It's going to get more goals. I think the linesmen are doing a good job of governing that so far, uh, which, by yeah. the way, is comfortably the hardest job in professional sports, being <laughs> offside linemen. Holy they, shit. The fact that they get it right is incredible. It blows my mind. Yeah. Um I think and they so, do it by yeah, I think I think that, you know, I'm the first, second and third person always to want to kill a referee and all that stuff. But I think that across the board and again, we're only two weeks in. I haven't seen anything egregious, but the way that they're employing these new measures and adjustments of the rule. Well, well, what will happen is, is, is guys good. won't go down. They'll just try. Exactly. And You're disincentivizing uh, diving, which is the worst part of the sport comfortably. And yeah, it's yeah. the gamesmanship. And, and so let's go back to United now. What happens if over the course of 38 games, Bruno Penandez gets five less penalties a game? They win, forbid, they draw five penalties. less games. That's five points. They either it could be 15 points, it could be five less wins, right? Another so, point, another point, by the way, this was really good, and I shared it on our Facebook page. Shout out squeaky bum time on the Facebook page. Yeah, Gary Neville. Gary Neville, uh, they did their equivalent of Monday Night Football. Uh, uh he discussed the 27 games with fans versus without fans and all of United's comebacks came with no fans. Mm. And his argument was, yeah, you can come back when there's no body yelling and screaming to lift up the team that you're going against. And they just lie down and your talent lets you come through. And Hey, all of a sudden United look like this super duper comeback team, but there were no fans in this game. He pointed out specifically, he was like, this is the kind of game that United would have won last year because they would have just played on played on. But the St. Mary's crowd lifted, lifted them up to try and get their goal, and they almost did. They hit the post. Armstrong and, missed it. Basically, and Mike Micah Richards said almost verbatim exactly the same thing about Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last week, right? Where if you play that game in a bubble with no fans, City's quality shines through. But Tanganga right. and, and Deli being... Alley doesn't come through. Uh, Fernandinho to win right. that ball, and right. the whole place fucking goes nuts. Exactly. And you're like, every time yeah, Tanganga would, a, 
every time Tanganga would tackle somebody, every time Hoybeer would do something, 60,000 fans would cheer it like it was a goal. And they were like, holy shit, this is, this is awesome. Let's keep going. Let's, Let's push do on. Let's that. Go. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, I think that there's certainly an, it's not measurable, right? So it is a bit of a hot take, but yes, there is certainly anecdotally, something said it, it, about it. it. It may not ever show up in the stats. We don't know. We mm -hmm. do know that last season was the best away records of teams in the history of the Premier League. Yeah, that's, that's not, not going to happen again. That's right? not so, a coincidence. So United setting the record uh, of away, uh, they have now set the record or tied the record for uh, unbeaten in away games, 27 in a row. Good for them. But that's just not going to happen. And they're not good enough. They're not coached well enough to overcome problems. That's my take. They'll be no, up for that. big games. They might beat United. They might beat City. They might beat Spurs. They're not going to beat Southampton away. They're going to lose Newcastle away. They're going to lose Brentford away. They're going to get killed Brentford away. Like, yeah. they'll lose that game because they'll be like, Brentford, who cares? Right? Uh, but I do want to call oh, out no, one they'll player. Get, they'll get killed in Brentford away. Ahead, two players well, to call out for Southampton that are really big replacements. Uh, Muhammad Salisu, who came to them last season but was injured and never played, he's in the Vestergaard spot. He was man of the yeah. match. He defended like he he led the team in tackles, crunching everything, heading away everything, deflections. And then this kid, Valentino Livramento, uh, on the wing, a 20-year-old, just running everywhere, making good crosses, part of the Chelsea loan machine. They have mm -hmm. so many good players. They're literally funding all the good players. He's basically a Tyreek Lamptey <laughs> type, which means I have to fall in love with him. But he's yes. not four foot three. But we'll keep an eye on him. And, you know, we're going to give in, – in, I go back to it. I was worried Investigard left. I didn't know what was going on with Southampton. And now you see two players after one big game, and you're like, Hasenhudl, you fucking German bastard. He's pumping. He looks great. He's big. God, his Cro-Magnon brow is Cro-Magnoning. Uh, I just love I, – I feel safe for them now. This It's a weird league right now where you're just like, I love all these teams. The only team I yeah. want to see disappear is like, I think Norwich is fucked. I, want I don't want to see die. Norwich disappear. I don't know. I, well, we can get into them a little bit later in the show, but I don't want to see them go down. I will never, ever root against a team that comes up and goes, fuck it, we're going to go for it. Similar to <laughs> – they're like a shit leads, right? Yeah, they're just not yeah. psychotic leads. Yeah, but they leads. played really. Re we'll cover them in a minute. But I do want you to get uh, get your get your um, get your wolves get your Molyneux Nuno nose uh, takes in. Well, well, let's talk Spurs, about that in a minute. Spurs but, one, uh, Spurs one, uh, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, Damn. we're gonna get to that in a second. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about uh, you know. Uh, I was very grateful this weekend. I was spending a lot of time with some friends and some future family and all that stuff and uh, at, a, at a really fun wedding. So I was feeling very grateful. Uh, and it reminded me of uh, just the kind of family atmosphere um, that our friend Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting kind of harvests and, and, and harbors with his, his clients. Uh, we talk about him on the show all the time, how he really does a good job of making sure that you know, you're avoiding financial pitfalls and being a little bit smarter about things. But the way that he goes about this is warm, it's welcoming, it's disarming, right? So a lot of times you could really be, uh, have, have quite a squeaky bum when you're talking about finances, right? Uh, but you can, you can, 
you can feel confident in talking with Joe. Uh, he's a family man, and he just makes sure that he has that shine through in everything that he does and talks about. So um, give him a call, uh, get a, a consultation, and talk a little bit more about what your situation is going through. Uh, and he's a guy that can be really, really flexible and help you find ways to kind of accomplish your goals. So uh, do yourself a favor. Uh, go to www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com. Uh, mention Chop Sports, and uh, he'll take great care of you. Uh, so I wanted to get him on, you know, on, on full blast there. Before we went into Wolves and Spurs, um, I was hanging out with, like I mentioned, a few friends. Uh, all the girls were in the wedding, so we just got to hang out and drink beers with the boys and watch the match. Um, uh, I made a new friend who I think I'm going to try and have on the show soon. Uh, his name is Eric Figo. He is Portuguese. He is handsome. Oh. He's been to, I think, six Champions League finals. He's a, He worked for MLS for a while. The dude is really impressive. He's really cool. Um, and he's Portuguese, so he's a big Wolves guy. And he loves Nuno. Uh, and he loves... <laughs> Uh, everything about them. So I was telling him about the Nuno Nose shirt. He's like, all right, it's pretty dope. Like, I kind of think it sucks that he's not, you know, Wolves coach anymore, but guy knows his shit. Um, and we were yeah, having Wolves fun is time basically Portugal. They are Portugal, right? Like, they're basically right. non, they're like, they're not Ronaldo Portugal. That's it, right? right. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, I was, I didn't know what to expect. I thought that because, Nuno's team Nuno wasn't there anymore I thought that he was a lot of like the, the sort of I said this on the preview show like a lot of the dog in the fight um mm -hmm. and that wasn't necessarily the case uh we did see Wolves come out uh really well and and push Spurs pretty much to the brink but the one thing I'll say is we I I waxed poetically about Tanganga uh, at the city game and he tried as well as anybody could he doesn't have a ton of pace Sanchez helped him a lot but Adama Traore will give any defender fits down the wing. The good news is that he stinks at finishing. <laughs> He's awful, right? He uh, there was one shot where he took and it went out for a throw-in, not a corner, a throw-in. Uh, so he and, – and he obviously missed the huge breakaway chance uh, around 70 minutes that would have tied the game. Um, big save by Hugo Lloris there. Shouldn't be understated. Um but I just – I felt like this was a game that Wolves deserved much more uh, than, than zero points there. But yeah, there's they, just no they, finishing they, there. And they, Jimenez looks tentative. I took I 25 just, shots, no, which I know. is a lot. But, but Jimenez um, – Yeah, he, he's still not there. Yeah. He missed and I thought, a, a, I thought that a would sitter, be the case. I thought that would be the case. And they took way more than they – what's that? I thought that would be the case about Jimenez. I wasn't, I just wasn't scared of him anymore. And I'm not, you know, like I, and it's nothing against him. It is. He may get there. It might be years. Right. But it, because it is, he's physically 100%. They wouldn't put him out there if he wasn't healthy, but right. there is a, a mental aspect of it. That has so many layers to it where it's tentativeness, it's fear. And these things are, these things are, uh, they're, they're reactive. They're involuntary, right? Well, so let's go you, back a second, right? He yeah. almost died in a, no, no, in a yes. in an accident that's, that's all where I he need. smashed his head. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 So, and actually there was a challenge early in the game, I think. Yeah. I think with Tanganga where I was like, oh my God, like I thought somebody like got hurt like that as well. Um, but there was a bigger moment in this game though. Your friend and ours, yes. uh, my friend, hopefully, but still your friend. Uh <laughs> <laughs> your your friend uh, Sir Harry of Kane did make an appearance. He looked he a little fat, I will admit. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was weird. I think he's been hanging out. He played. He almost he had a chance. Uh, 
you know, Spurs were good. I think this is a kind of win that helps a lot. Like it's like when we go, we could have lost this game. Okay. Uh, but they they'll take the win, go home, and be like, okay. Now, one thing I do have a question on is stylist, not stylistically, tactically, it's still Mourinho-ish. It's very similar. But what are you seeing? How this seems to be a happiness in how they do it. It seems that they're fighting for each other. They're pulling for each other. It doesn't seem so dour. So one thing I'll say is sample size is, is pretty shallow still here. Mm-hmm. They got outplayed. It wasn't so much. I've like in the Mourinho era, there were games obviously where they sat back. There was the majority of them. Some of them though, the game was taken to them and they were simply reacting to it. That's how I yeah. felt this game was. Whereas yeah. city last week was more of a, we're sort of sitting back. We're sort of countering, but we're in your face and we're, pressing oh, no, they were when in we can. city's face. Though. That's what I mean. <laughs> but we're, we're pressing when we can uh, yeah. and we're going forward when we can. Whereas that's the difference between Mourinho. It was like, Oh, the ball's on the other side of the halfway line. Who gives a shit? Leave it there. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. So, we'll get it later. so stylist, right. Stylistically uh, and, th- and tactically, that's the difference so far. But again, I think Wolves took the game to Spurs. Uh, and I think I, I, I think a lot of people were surprised by that. They did get the early goal and they did throttle back a little bit. But I, I think that it was more Wolves imposing their will on Spurs than Spurs kind of sitting back. But, and, and the difference, again, between the Mourinho and, and Nuno philosophies, as, like you said, that togetherness shines through with the challenges and the tackles. And they defend in packs. Right, similar yeah. to and, and, uh, and to be fair, these fir- these first games at some of these more traditional home fields, like the Molyneux is from going to be supercharged. Supercharged yep. leads when we get to that at at Ellen Road, your Palace games, your Brentford, these small old grounds where the fans. This is the town. This is it. There's no. This is not like we're going to be in the Super League. We have a billion-dollar stadium. These are like, this is a dump. This mm-hmm. is our dump, right? right. This is right. What, we, what I think to put into context is England basically has 50 Wrigley Fields, right? <laughs> right? Wrigley Fenway sort of thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Well, more Fenway, more like vitriol, like bad Red Sox Fenway. Yeah. Right? Like what's happening <laughs> yeah. right now, right? Where it's just – it's nasty. They'll get on their own team, but especially get on your team. So it was a tough environment. I think Spurs should be happy to be like, you know what? We're good. We're out of here. We'll oh, take yeah. the points. We'll walk away. And we're going to be like, we'll check that one off the schedule and be happy we got three. It means we can not feel bad about some draw later on down the road. I mean, <laughs> right. Frankly, that, that's how I, if I were a Spurs fan, I'd be like, we beat City and we beat Wolves. And we probably would have been okay with one point. <laughs> out of <laughs> those two games, six. if you told me we had one point, I would have been upset, but fine. And we've got right. six, right? So I'm like, right. absolutely. Now you've got, you've got, now you've got Watford and Palace, which should be fine. Those are winnable right? games. Those are those are games you're expected very much to win. And uh, I forget who the next game is in between it's Chelsea, that, but then, Arsenal. After I was gonna say, that's right. I'm, it's gonna suck uh, at Chelsea and Arsenal, right? So when you put the the entire schedule together, the next six to eight weeks, you go, hey, get those points at Watford and and Chelsea and Palace. I put them say. in the bank. Put be top the of the league with with twelve points for sure. Yeah, and then you you I believe you go to the bridge and then you host Arsenal. Um, though that's another one right there where you, if you can get three points out of that, if you get if you can get four points out of that, you're doing a backflip. Uh, if you yeah. can get three, you're happy. If you get yeah. one, you're frustrated. But it, okay, fine. 
right? In that respect, one, that means one of those two teams didn't get three points from you if yeah. you get one. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how you have to look at it. Yeah. And then speaking of the rest of the schedule, we've got the big boys. Our boys are Burnley and Manchester City, both Burnley. easily. Oh, you mean, uh, Sorry, you mean Liverpool? Liverpool, Liverpool Burnley. versus Burnley. Yeah, no, Burnley, that was my bet at plus 1,500. That did 1,400. Did not pan out well. Uh, uh, Liverpool took care of business. Very easy game. You know, they got the two goals. You know, not not really a problem. Uh, no resistance really put up from, from, um, from Burnley. 27 shots against. It was really an ass-kicking by uh, Liverpool. I just didn't have to check on who got the goals. I didn't even... Look, oh, Jota and Mane. Jota, uh, Jota, yeah. Jota early, Mane late in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burnley didn't really put up a fight. Traditional no. stats, 67% possession. Not really anything had to Burnley. write home about. Just really only cared about this game because I was hoping Burnley would do something, and they didn't. So Fortress Anfield is where it is. The other game, City just literally mopped the floor oh, with, God. with Norwich. I mean, it uh, was... What was the minute they scored? Oh, it, well, it was, it, was, an, it was an own goal, technically... Um, both city and Liverpool, I mean, it didn't phase either eventually, but they both had a goal ruled out for VAR, um, yeah. city for a foul Liverpool for offside. But yeah. it was, that was a moment where you went, is the uh, door open? And then both teams resoundingly said, fucking no, it's not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so this could have been a not in the face game for Norwich and it, and it was coming off of the, but defeat, the thing right? that was so, annoying was like, they so this is one of the problems as a City fan. I know this is going to be like, wow, is me. But like when City win like this, it's expected and it should always be like this. And you get the sense, oh, Norwich are just making up the numbers. But it, it might be this. When City are good, they make it look so easy because they were popping the ball around. Norwich were trying to do things right. and trying to get on the ball. But City would just come in packs. It was one of those uh, Bernardo Silva played and did that Bernardo Silva thing where you're just like, will you just get the fuck away from me? And he was just there. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, let's talk about that a little bit. What? How did you feel about the lineup that Pep brought out? Because I remember seeing that and and thinking that that was kind of an interesting um, kind of collaboration of players, right? So he had Ferran Torres, uh, Jesus, and lot Silva of, all lot in the lineup. He's just always going to mix and match. Yeah. Jesus said he wants to be on the wing, and Pep was like, okay, you can play right. wing. Uh, Torres is better he, a little bit. Doesn't mind making runs. I think is really the issue. And well, Torres comes out match. for Foden, right? Foden comes in He's for, got, for Torres. Yeah, he 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 will eventually. Yeah. But uh, Laporte came back in. Just a better pairing. Right. Just a better player than Ake, and moved the ball and scored a goal late as part of the grouping. When Walker's in, we've talked about Walker a million times. Jesus and Walker were popping it around. It was like this version of Walker where he's offensive and can pass. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. I mean, there was just not a player. There was simply no player had a bad game. The entire team was fantastic. The subs were fantastic. Norwich made City look amazing. Mm-hmm. And no one for the sad thing was is no one for uh, Norwich really stood out. Like Gilmore played. He had a few touches. They really just got the doors blown off them yeah. and really never had a chance. It, it, it feels silly to say it's a training ground game. But when City are good, they make you look like you're not there. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? At their best, they they make it look easy to the point that it almost feels boring. But there's a lot of shit that's happened that's made it look like that. And that was one of those games where this is where 
uh, city get all their points, their all their goal difference, and when that season ends and they're like plus eighty, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh yeah, you, you you beat Norwich on aggregate nine to one, right? Like right. that's where it comes. So what? From. What? But but this is but but this goes back to my other point. When city play inferior teams, they blow them away, right? Yeah. Uh, they this is where they're going to win a league. They may go and be, you know, a goal difference negative to minus only be okay versus the top six because they tend to have some trouble and they lose their games there. But it's against teams like this that they annihilate. Like yeah. they'll go, they'll go to Crystal Palace and beat them six. Like they'll just kill these mm-hmm. teams, right? But and not play that well against Spurs, right? They may end up with only a point for Spurs and lose to right. United and and have a draw against Arsenal. But when they play those teams in the bottom 10, they're going to get all the points, right? So they may get all they may get 60 points just from the bottom 10. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and frankly, that's what you're supposed to do. If you're a and great that's team That's where United's problems is. They'll only get 45 from that bottom 10. Yes. But it I mean, and it's true of every sport. Beat look at baseball, right? Like the the, the pennant races are heating up. The Tampa Bay Rays are in first place ahead of the New York Yankees, who have been the hottest team in baseball for six weeks. Why? Because they beat the motherfucking shit out of the Baltimore Orioles. They beat them every game by about nine runs. Not that the run they, who have lost matters nineteen in, in a row. They're on a historic suckitude. Right, exactly. But the Rays <laughs> have just bent them in half pretty much every day for the last two weeks. It feels like so that's kind of where you're. You're the Yankees are making up ground, but they can't get anywhere because the Rays are like, oh yeah, we're beating these morons. So um, I, I do, I, I do want to, I want to call out a couple more games or at yeah, least please. one. I mean, Brighton Watford. I only talk about it because I love Brighton. They were really good as usual. Yeah. Uh, I'm still, I'm nailed on. I found the bet. It's they're only. Plus one twenty five to finish top ten. I guess everyone thinks what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, the 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 Leeds uh, Everton game was really good. Ellen Road, a lot of energy. Rafinha with a thunder cunt of a fucking strike to bring that game level. If they had played another five minutes, Leeds would have won that game. But mm-hmm. Everton and Rafa have got to be happy. They're playing well. It's not dour. They're actually playing. So I like what's happening in those two teams. I think they'll kind of fight for mid table with our friends from Aston Villa and Brighton, this little group. It literally was even. 17 shots apiece. Uh, really good, fun game uh, that, that that they played. Ellen Road bumping. And then today's game, uh, West Ham Leicester. We got to talk uh, Moyes, uh, Moyes Inio. Moyes, He's, yeah. So dude, I was traveling. This team's good. This team I'm, is good. I was traveling. I didn't see it. This was a game that I, I had. Uh, I went one and two on my bets this week. And frankly, <laughs> uh, the I, I, I lost one that I should have won. I won that I should have lost. And then today was sort of the rubber match. And Leicester weren't up for it. West Ham were. And then as soon as Iose Perez goes down with the red card, which harsh but fair, right? Um, he got then, pushed, but then stomped the guy's ankle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that so that lester bet didn't have a chance as soon as he did that so um but no west ham deserving winners right they um were, michael antonio lester, the thing that sucks is like lester wow is bad yeah yeah michael antonio but, but, the the worst good footballer uh anyone has ever seen yeah yeah comes up from lower leagues takes a long time has one big season at norwich five years ago where he's 14 and 12 then he's playing left back under the various managers at at uh, at West Ham, mm-hmm. and now is their 
all-time leading scorer in the Premier League with 50 goals. You think a venerated club that's been mostly in the Premier League, they probably spent three seasons out with great players who have come through. Mm -hmm. Uh, He supplants Paolo Di Cagno. He is a Nazi. I do that signal because he literally did a Nazi salute at Lazio. He has literally said, oh, yes, I am a fascist. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Italy. They still have fascists. Oh, yeah, they most I, certainly I, They lost, okay? Uh, sorry. Um, like don't tell real them that. They switch sides. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll just drag Mussolini's head through the street one more time if that ever happens again. I think his daughter is the mayor of some town. Let's um, let you take a victory lap on the, the unsung hero for West Ham in their first two games. Go ahead. Is it my friend uh, Saeed Benrama? It is Saeed Benrama. He's been fantastic. So again, I, told you. I wasn't. I was traveling. <laughs> I was. I was on a flight. I couldn't watch it, but I was tracking it as best I could. And uh, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. Yeah, and you saw. You probably saw the goal and the assist. And yep. the reason. And I'll tell you, this is very simple stuff. Like I've talked about with Ali Watkins and the rest of the Brentford mafia that are sprinkled throughout the league. Neil Mope, who's at who's at um, who's at Brighton, and probably how I got into Brighton as well. He had a season where he was 17 and 14. He basically had a Bruno Fernandez season in the championship. And, you know, like we learned in baseball 25 years ago, if you go 17 and 14 in a championship, you're probably 10 and 10 in the Premier League yep. goals and assists. I mean, not everyone, you know, not everyone is is Glenn Murray who scores 31 goals at Crystal Palace and comes up, <laughs> but not right away, but he did have 15 goal seasons sure. in yep. the Premier League. So, what happens in the championship does not stay in the championship. If you find the right player to go in the right system with a good manager, it shows the talent. And you're seeing it with Ivan Tony. The guy scored 31 goals or 33 goals in the championship. And you're like, this guy's scoring 15 goals. It's just going to happen. Yep. Maybe it hasn't happened yet, but he's putting his ass around. He runs like he's like Paul Pogba if Paul Pogba had a motor. Uh, and, you know, you're just seeing that happen. And I called it. I mean, I just knew Ben Rama. I looked at him last year. Didn't happen for him, but this year, you know, we called about guys to watch, and he was one of them with Bar- with Bowen and Ben Rama on on the wings with the with Kufal and and uh, Mikel Antonio. There's a That's lot of support. A real there. and attacking force, and then yep. you have Suchek and Rice in the middle. They're good. <laughs> like I mean, it's just they're good. West Ham I'm- are. Nailed on for top 10, for sure. Yeah, I'm regretting that I had them. You had them at 10. I had them at 12. And I think the reason why we looked at last season, we talked about this during our, our preview episode. A lot of lucky episode, goals. A lot of luck. Uh, and, you know, do I think that and, – and I also think that they're going to get taxed a little bit in Europe, which has it remains to be seen. And I think that that's undisputable. It's just a matter of how much. Indisputable, undisputable, whatever. Uh, but 12 is uh, – that's probably pretty low. If I were to get – numbers on an over under right now and they were they were 12 i'd go heavy on the over so uh, or i guess the under technically right they'd be above mm-hmm, 12 mm-hmm. um so yeah when i look at who i have them i have ahead of them i have Ar- i have aston villa i have arsenal i have leeds and everton i can see them finishing ahead of all four of those teams easily um, if, 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 if my southampton hit hits that's just <laughs> that was just like <laughs> i needed someone to fill in 12 <laughs> yeah i just so, didn't believe so in everton in, i knew i knew that west ham were better two weeks in we're already regretting our uh our previews oh it's and fine if we, if we get if we get if, if if i get arsenal in the top six that would be a shock i would that be, would mean that would arteta shocked. is a genius yeah. um but yeah th- that's a lot of the that's a lot of the games we covered almost all the games uh, i don't think we missed one and uh 
we covered our we've got my bets uh i went over for all of them uh <laughs> i showed that i i listen i put the money in it happened yep. uh none of them were close i was happy to see uh brighton and watford i would have to see brighton win arsenal never even showed up and burnley were just annihilated like i said uh i i am i'm gonna go on another minute i am over Dyche. i see these other teams that come up and have progressive attacks and you look at the lineup for Burnley. It's the same fucking 11 guys for five years. It's like, yeah. okay, don't give me this. What are you What are you doing with the money? Are you buying players at all? Is there an academy? Like, people need to start asking questions. Like, okay, Sean Dice, you want to win with your 11 guys. Wh- where's the replacements? Like, right. wh- why didn't you sell Tarkovsky? You could have bought Vestergaard five years ago. He would have done a facsimile. Is it just like... I'm staying with my guys, and when I see them slip, I'm jumping, and I'm going to become the new Allardyce after, and just go from team to team that does this style of play. I just, I just don't buy it's, the cry foul. Like, there's ways to do this. Like, he's living on sort of like what would be the like defensive, like a Dave Wanstead kind of. I don't know. I'm trying to find a good NFL analogy of like a a hardcore defense guy who keeps getting jobs but actually sucked. <laughs> and just like kept teams at eight and eight. Is there like Eric Mangini kind yeah. of like, yeah, yeah. who the fuck? Get out of here, uh, Patricia. Old Parcells. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, Parcells was actually good. but Old like, Parcells. Yeah. Old Parcells was not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't even want to give him that much credit. This is like a guy who makes the playoffs and loses the first game every year. Right. 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 It's it's more like, oh, it's Rex Ryan. He's Rex Ryan. Um, Sean Dyche is Rex Ryan. <laughs> with the foot fetish. He definitely has with a foot fetish. With the foot fetish. fetish, yes. And he talks yeah. about his hot wife. He does have a hot wife, I think. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Wife. But uh, no, that's a good So, yeah, I'm kind of over it. I'm like, you know what? Stop well, with the bullshit. We both got them going down. So, hopefully, you know, that wins out. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe. No, I mean, and, I think if they lose Tarkovsky or Ben Mee look, for any, although those guys might both be on steroids. But you anyway. put money on Burnley plus 1400. And I went, Oh, thanks for taking this segment seriously, Laurent. Like, you know, but why you was did. that so bad? They had one. They had won and drawn in the last two games at Anfield because there were no fans there, <laughs> right? Like we talked about that, but no, I, I never thought that they really had a shot. And uh, I would have gone just because I hate Liverpool. I would have gone with like minus a draw. Liverpool plus two. I'm sorry, Burnley plus two. Then that changes things, right? Like, like okay, that actually. I mean, that what that would have that would have that would have been a um. Well, these you know, these are my first bets ever. I spent my first All thirty dollars right. on bet. All USA. right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get better. We're gonna keep the record going. You're zero and three right now. Uh, I'm crap. I am also... I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start going money line on weird things about weird yeah. players. And but that's the thing. You start off. to get more ingrained in it. You find different things, right? So I'm just gonna so find parlays. Parlays. Brentford that didn't hit. Uh, but I thought it should have, and I also I actually parlayed and I Ivan Tony uh, shots two shots, not shots on goal, just shots. Uh, he got five. He I got five. Uh, but it was it was um, the shots with a Brentford win. So I didn't I didn't uh. get the parlay. Uh, I did get Spurs. Um, I so took you didn't them. lose money. I, You're in. I'm, I'm even. I'm even. And yeah. I didn't bet on Leicester because I was traveling today. So I got lucky. I dodged <laughs> that bullet. So I'm even for the right. weekend. Well, uh, we will do more. We will definitely do more on Thursday and, and pick this yeah. part of the show up. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get out of here. Okay. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network where we chop it up. <laughs> See that? We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And 
If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show. It makes a huge difference, and we need you more than the French needed a Maginot line. 